Hello, and welcome to The Witch Source. Uh, I'm Whitney, and I am super excited today, you guys. I have with me Louis Carew, and he is uh, a pagan musician and a witch, um, and he has some really incredible music um, that tells a very fascinating and magical story. Most of them have um, just some really cool things that go on. I highly recommend that you guys check him out. But I get to interview him today, so that's exciting. And so, uh, welcome, Lewis. Hello, Whitney. <laughs> Thank you for being with me here today. Um, I, I'm happy to get to do this. Um, all right, so we're going to jump right on in. How, when, where, what led you to become a witch? Well, there's, there's several things and a couple of stories that merge. Um, I'll, I'll get this over with quick. I tell this story all the time. And it's this is a common story I found among pagan people. When I tell it in, in, a, in a workshop or something, there are other people who have been through this. When I was 14 years old, the, I went to a Baptist church all my life. That's where I, that's where I started. I was asked not to come back to the church. Um, Apparently, I had too many questions, and I read too much of the Bible, and it was a problem. And my mother cried, my grandmother cried, and they begged me to apologize to the preacher because they were sure he'd take me back. The following year, he got caught. He ran off with one of the parishioner ladies, so it all worked out good for him. Wow. But, uh, anyway, so I was already starting to play music at that time and um loved music i've always loved music but i also was looking for something that i i knew there was a void in my life and it just seemed to come to me to start doing what i was doing and this was completely intuition because when i was when i was a teenager finding books about magic and about witchcraft was not really an easy thing to do the um, uh, yeah. the resources were not there, and if they were there, they were hid. Right. So my practice started just basically through intuition and what I thought I should be doing, some of which I still do, some of which I laugh about. But it worked. And the things that that I did at that time came to fruition. And I learned at that time mm. that words have power. When we speak words, we're doing spells. And it doesn't matter yeah. whether you're ordering something from fast food or whether you're at midnight trying to conjure something up. All words have power. And depending on how much intent you have and how you have learned to coexist with the energy around us is how much you can, how much influence you can have on things. Um, mm. there's a, there's a, a part of, and I'm not, I'm not very educated. So if I stumble over this, please excuse me. But in quantum physics, we've come to discover that the things I was taught in high school are wrong. When I was growing mm. up, we were taught that there was matter and there was energy. Well, now we find out mm -hmm. that matter is made out of energy. So everything is energy, which means that right. we're connected to everything on a molecular level. 
a, even on a smaller level that on a quantum level. And that if things affect us, you know, the old as above, so below thing, if things can affect us, we can affect other things. That's That has mm, been yeah. my, my feelings about it, my theory about it since I was young. And I learned that I could write spells because I write songs, I could make them rhyme. Yay. But right, yeah. I could, I could write spells and that most of the time they were successful. And um, I was just very happy with myself at that time. And then I found a book. And okay. uh, I'm not going to tell what the book is because if I do, there will be people clutching at their pearls saying, oh, no, he, he read a book about Satan. But the truth is, is that like most things, if you look at them, even things that are bad and false and crap, you can find truths in them. And it, it's mm. the same thing with, with all religions. There's truth in all religions. There's falsehood in all religions. And that includes mm. that includes the, the things in paganism. You know, we have to realize that the world that we live in, you know, it's great. We have we have the power of the gods and the goddesses but they're inside of us. They're not wandering around out here, floating around in space or inhabiting a cave somewhere. They're inside us. And so yeah. we yeah. use the names of these ancient gods and goddesses that people back then ascribed why the sun rose and why the wind blew. We still use those, those names to describe certain forces of nature and certain forces and things, but they don't exist physically and i've i've got people right. argue with me i saw a green man well that's that brown acid that you took back at the sick <laughs> but that's, that's the way i look at it I, i'm i'm cynical i'm a realist and i know what works for me and what doesn't work and i've been i've been doing it for over 50 years now so i've got kind of a grip on it um, I started playing music in bars about the same time that I started uh, practicing witchcraft. And the music never jived back in those days. I did not see a connection between music and magic at that time because to me, music was just it's something that I loved and something that put money in my pocket. I was a young man right. playing in bars, making money. I was happy with myself. I had, I had, I had hit on something that I could have an influence on the, the world, on things that I was interested in. And I was just beside myself. Now, of course, I grew up and I continued to play music and I continued to practice magic, although I, I always kept it quiet up until about 10 years ago because I live in the South. and That's not the kind of thing that's really acceptable in the South. And... Um, Nowadays, it's not such a, a big deal up until the past few years because now, you know, after after every gain that we've made, we're back to the place where gay people feel like that they have to hide. And that, that's mm. wrong. That is wrong. We've got Roe versus Wade has been done away with, and that's so wrong. And it's all because people... These these higher ups want power and they want control and this is how they do it and they divide us by doing things like this and by saying look over here look look 
these people are coming in from another country and they're taking your job. They're not taking anybody's jobs. They were jobs that Americans wouldn't do. And what are we mm -hmm. doing? Say, oh, you can't come here. So the jobs are not getting done. It's it's just it's insane what's going on in the world. And unfortunately, one person can't change the whole world. But if you take a thousand people who are working on the same thing, or ten thousand people, or half a million people, and there are that many pagans that are out there, we can yeah. have some influence. And there's like, well, we should be able to do something because we can manipulate magic. Well, we, we can. But what you have to think about is all these old evangelical men and women out there who are also manipulating magic when they pray. And let me tell you what, they're serious about what they're doing. And yeah. we need to be yeah. just as serious and not be petty and trivial and, and fighting with each other because you know, well, you're you're not doing this right. Everybody does it their own way, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm on one of my long-winded rants here. <laughs> you asked, you asked me how I got into magic and 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 music, so there you have it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. So, uh, what type of music were you originally playing? Oh, terrible, terrible music. Um, when I started playing at, at my house, we had both kinds of music playing all the time. We had country and western. And mm -hmm. um, I was greatly influenced as a young man by Hank Williams Sr. and Johnny Cash. And, of course, Hank Williams Sr. died. And he, people look back and say, oh, he was a hillbilly. He was, look at him, he's inbred, he's starving to death. The man was a lyrical genius for what he was doing at that time. He he made country music into the the art form that it became, and the, he yeah. his influence still lives in there. But mm -hmm. he he didn't affect me as much as Johnny Cash because Johnny Cash was real and he stood for things. He wasn't up there singing about getting drunk and and going home with somebody. He was singing about people's rights he sang about american indians rights he sang about black rights he sang about everybody's rights and he stood up for it and so that he has been my personal hero my entire life and i was devastated when he died mm. but yeah I, I think a lot of people were the 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 thing is that about it's been less than 20 years ago. I started writing songs. I began to see a connection between my music and the magic. And it just naturally flowed together. And I started playing again. And I looked up and got a gig. And from that one gig, it was just like overnight. It's like, hey, you want to come over here and play? We'll pay you. And well, you hit on the two things that interest me. I get to play music and you're going to pay me. And, right. Uh, you know, I'm a mercenary. If if you pay me, I'll show up and play. I, there's certain groups I won't play for, but in the pagan world, it's have guitar, will travel if you've got the money. And right. um, so I'm I'm being brutally honest. There are a lot of musicians out there that wouldn't tell you that. They tell, oh, I do it because I love music so much. You can't do this and not not make money. If you're not making money, you're just going further and further in the hole because it costs a lot to travel and play these days it costs a 
huge amount for hotels and for gas and just wear and tire on this old body. I'm not getting any. Right. Now, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to continue to travel and to play. And um, that's, Well, that's I think you. I, you're definitely right. I think you are pursuing your passion and you're using your talents. And I, I do think you should be compensated for that. Absolutely. Um, and I, I understand like, yes, part of it is about the music. And I understand people that if, you know, if they want to go set up and do and, and not get paid, that's great. But I think as an artist, you absolutely deserve to get paid for what you do. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, um, some people, I think have problems with that, especially in just the pagan world in general. If you're using your gifts, um, you know, some people think that you shouldn't be compensated for that. And, and I just don't agree with that because if you want to have access to somebody and access to their talent, then yeah, you're paying for their time and their, their energy that they're putting out. So it's really an energetic exchange, I believe. And the, the so. thousands of hours of practice and the thousands of dollars worth of equipment we have to have and keeping mm -hmm. a vehicle running. It's, it's a huge thing. But I love, more than anything in the world, I love getting up in front of a crowd and playing music. And that's, mm. that's worth more than the money. But that's something that has been with me since I was 14 years old. The first time I walked up and got on a stage with a guitar in my hand, I knew like five songs at that time. And okay. I was just so thrilled to get up in front of those people and play. And um, I've loved music ever since. As a matter of fact, it, it cost me a marriage. Oh, wow. It's quick. Sure, sure. I had a, I've had more than one wife, but the last wife, and she absolutely is the last wife, confronted me one day and she said, you've got to stop. She said, I want to know right now what's more mm -hmm. important to you, music or our marriage. And I didn't even give her time to take a breath. I said music. And that was the end of it right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think anytime somebody's going to put you in a situation that you have to choose, they're already losing. <laughs> That's it. I mean, she already knew the answer to the question, but she had right. to hear it. And, right. um, so that, that was that. And after that, I got out, uh, I moved into another cabin on the farm and then I moved to Arkansas. I've lived in Appalachia my entire life up until the last three or four years. And I moved out okay. here. And uh, what was it like growing up in, in Appalachia? I, I grew up on a farm. Um, we took care of the farm. We took care of my grandfather's farm along with my grandfather. And that, that was my life, going to school, doing that. And then when I hit 14 and I could make mu could make money making music, I started doing that. And um, I've worked my whole life. You know, I, I was a farmer for many, many years. And uh, the doctors told me I had to quit. And that was about the time that question got asked of my ex-wife or from my oh, ex-wife. Wow. Uh, right. I had been coming to Arkansas, and I had met a lot of people out here that appreciated my music. I was, you know, it's like I came out here, and people already knew 
my music and it was it was it was huge to me to go to a place I'd never been where there were people I'd never met and I got up in front of the the crowd it was a rainy day and they had moved everything inside and I got up in front of the crowd and I started playing and there were people that were singing my words right along with wow. they knew the, the words which is kind of funny because I'm to the point in my life now I can't sing my song without having the words because I can't remember what they are. I can't even remember the titles of the songs most of the time. And uh, so right. it, it, it's a challenge for me to do that. But it was such an immense feeling that day to be there and have these people that I don't know. And they're just singing along like they, they knew the songs. And I was I was very filled with myself that day, I have to tell you. It's a cool yeah. thing to have happen. And um, I just, I love to write. Most of the stuff that I write, uh, it's it's done at two or three o'clock in the morning because I wake up and there's something in my mind. I've had a dream and I scribble furiously. Mm. And the next day I can read about half of it. But uh, it, it always works out. And that's 90% of my music comes from from dreams and oh wow okay yeah I was gonna ask what your um what some of your inspirations were for the the songs that you write so the, are you saying do all of them come from dreams or do you have some other influences as well almost all of them come from dreams and I had one song I'll make this quick this was back when I had moved into the old cabin I had no furniture. There was a chair in the cabin. There was a wood stove. It was cold. I built a fire, sat down in that chair, and went to sleep. And when I woke up, my notebook was open on my lap, and there was a song in it, one of my favorite songs, called Just My Other Side. And um, okay. it was in my handwriting, so obviously I wrote it, but the voices that live in my head apparently were busy that night. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. That's awesome. It's just magic. So, so who, if you don't mind me asking, like what is magically, what was the turning point where you decided to blend the magic and the music? Was there like a certain thing that stood out in your mind that made no, that switch? No, it just happened. And um, it's it's been a while. So I can't, I can't really give you a... a time when that happened it's just that suddenly I went from playing the, the stuff that I had been playing and I, of course I was writing crappy old uh, country songs I still write some country songs but I don't consider them crappy anymore because they have uh, they have things going on in them that you know it's not like I lost my dog and my truck and my wife all in, in one day it's not like that there right. are a lot of there are a lot of meaningful things in the world. There's a lot of things that we can address. And those are what I try to write about. Now, mm. that, again, that's trying to write. And the majority of those songs end up in a box. I don't throw anything away. And I've got, I can't tell you how many songs. And sometimes I just go back through and I, I just page through looking at stuff. And something, something reaches out and grabs me and I pull it out and use it. But that's that's very infrequently 
uh, done. Now, I'm working on a project now called the Red Album. I believe you're familiar with that. And uh, it, it's a song. It's it's an album of 19 individuals and groups that have gotten together um, to make an album to raise money for reproductive rights. And uh, the name of it is the Red Album: Pagan Voices for Reproductive Rights. And I'm very proud to be part of this. I almost wasn't. Because when it was first brought up to do it, it's like everybody's like, okay, I'll write a song and record it. And I just, for for days and days, I just sat drawing a blank. I'd write something and say, no, that's not, that's not going to do it. And I finally, I, call, I got in touch with them and I said, I can't come up with anything. I'm lost for mm. words. So I, I dropped out of the project for about a month. And one night I woke up. And there it was. And I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. So the next morning I got up and I turned on the recorder and I recorded how I thought it should sound. And I sent the words off to a couple of the people who were involved in the project. They said, we got to have that song. So um, they let me back in and that song fortunately did come to me. And I'm very proud of it. Um, it's called Nothing Holy But the Blood. And um, mm -hmm. it's a, it's just a, a story of, you know, we, we, we see the term every man all the time, but this is the, this is a term I'm going to use is every woman. Every woman goes through these things. And this is about a young girl who her life gets turned upside down. She ends up pregnant. Her family will not have anything to do with her. Very familiar story. And she sees mm. what life is going to be like for her and her child, and it's it's a it's a very sad, sad song, and um, I, I'm very I'm very proud of it. But there are many other artists on that album that have got just tremendous songs, and um, again, the Red Album will be released uh, either the 21st or the 22nd. Uh, at PSG. Do you know what PSG is? No, please Pagan, share with us. Pagan Spirit Gathering. It's one of the biggest gatherings uh, that we have in the eastern United States. And um, back before COVID, they would, it wasn't uncommon for them to have a couple of thousand people. But it's oh, wow. A lot, of, a lot of music going on. And this year is going to have even more because we have people coming in because we are releasing the red album from PSG and that'll be okay. the sale place there. Now if people are interested in that they can go to the to Bandcamp and just look up a red album on Bandcamp and you'll be able to pre-order it. And uh, Okay. Would, I'll be able to, would, I'll be sure to uh, add the links to everything with this with this okay. video recording. It's yeah. A, it's it's a very worthwhile project again. Uh, there are two beneficiaries that are getting all the money. One is a an organization that provides information and help to women in need. And the other is an aerial service that helps women fly from unfriendly red states to friendly blue states for, you know, a couple of days for, you know, but. Right. They're, I think they try to keep their their 
profile a little bit low because they don't they don't want the the wild looking at them in those states. Right. Right, uh, again, right. very, very proud to be affiliated with this project. I wish I were a better spokesperson. I'm not very eloquent and I stumble over words, but it is a worthwhile project. And, and I recommend to anyone who's interested in this to check this out. Uh, the, the money 100% goes to the beneficiaries. None of the artists, none of the producers, nobody's getting any money. Nobody's keeping anything. It all right. goes to the beneficiaries, which eventually ends up being women. So right. I, have, I have done my civic duty and told you all about the Red Elf. Well, thank you very much for, for sharing. Um, you know, I think regardless of where somebody stands on, on that subject, I think women having access to information and support um, is vital, uh, especially mm -hmm. for these women that maybe feel alone or unsure and, you know, maybe just having somewhere to go and somewhere to talk, you know, they may change their minds. They may realize that there's support for them out there, or they may decide to go through with it and do it alone. Uh, so, I think, yeah, regardless of where it's stand, I think it's, it's valuable for, for that information to be out there. Um, and really to support women in, in what they go through. Um, I, I've been fortunate. I haven't ever been in an experience like that. So, and I'm, I'm very blessed in that way. But um, I, I definitely hope that Goddess will use this and use the money to really help uh, and help women find it, you know, who need it. Well, I, I kept my mouth shut about it for a long time because I feel like it's women's business. It should be up to a woman to decide what happens with her health and her body. And I kept quiet about it for a long time. But now, after getting involved in this, I see that one of the things that is needed is for men to stand up and point and say, this is wrong. These women should have the right to have their own bodily autonomy. I think I pronounced that correctly. And uh, to be able to make these decisions, not a bunch of old white men in Washington. And I can say that because I'm an old white man. But that's, that's where the problem is. The problem is in the government and trying to control, trying to control women, trying to control life. And it's, it's, just, it's just wrong. There's no right to it, period. Women should have the right to make their own decisions. So I'm going to shut up about that. Okay. Uh, tell me more about the, the gathering that you were talking about. Where is that held if people are interested in uh, going or learning more about it? Had been moved to Missouri. To, uh, it's, just, it's close to uh, Fort Leonard Wood because that's the only landmark I have there. And um, okay. it's, a, it's a Shriners camp. We enjoyed it very much last year. Uh, it was, it's a it's a beautiful site. There's huge amount of uh, trees. You can go down the trails and go in and set your tents up and things like that. They've got places oh. for um, people who have RVs, but they have a huge stage, and there's going to be people on it every night. Um, pagan musicians that you've probably heard of. 
SJ Tucker, um, Spiral Rhythms. Uh, my mind is just drawing a blank. I'm so <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, it's okay. Will there also be um, vendors, people selling, and things like that? Many, many, and they have they have a lot of skilled artisans there. Um, nice. You can get anything from homemade soap to magical accoutrements that you might need for your practice and there are a lot of workshops some highly informative workshops for instance oh, nice. mine but um oh okay what do you I'm teach in your workshop how i use music and magic oh and okay get into the the waves and and how we can make ourselves feel better during the day. I reveal my little secrets about that. And, oh, okay. Uh, then I'm doing a class with my uh, fellow performer, Krista Chapman Green, about magic and music and just how life works. She's doing most of it. And um, it's, it's, it's a very, very cool place. But there, there's well, so many different things going on there. You can't possibly go to everything. Right, right. It sounds great. Um, and I'll try to pull more information to add uh, links so that people can check it out. If they can't go next this year, maybe they can make it next year. They'd have to next year because registration closed a couple of days ago. It's in, oh, okay. Um, they always have it during summer solstice. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's I mean, it's, close. It's, it's very warm there, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's this huge bunch of very accepting people, and you've got old people, you've got people bringing their children. Um, it's just, it's a cross-section of pagan America, and it's, right. it's a hugely entertaining thing to do, and it's a huge learning experience. Well, it sounds great, and I, I think I would love to go next year if I'm able, um, you know, just to uh, check it all out and, and see what's going on. I mean, I just opened my own shop um, here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, so not too far from where you grew up, um, and yeah, I I love seeing what other people are doing and giving people uh, resources of knowing where to go and how to network and how to get get out there and be seen. So I think that's great. And I love that they're doing workshops too. I think that's fantastic. Uh, any opportunity to learn is is good. So the Pagan yeah. Spirit Gathering is put on by Circle Sanctuary. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They have a big place up in Wisconsin. But uh, oh, they okay. it's uh, Selena Fox is the person yes. who runs and uh, she she and her Lady Liberty group are the people who pushed and pushed and got it to where American soldiers who are buried can have a pinnacle on their uh, stone instead of a cross. The cross. Or David. Yeah. They've done, they've done a lot of things over the years to make things better for pagan people. And um, that that's the one thing that comes to my mind quickly is the Lady Liberty League and and what they did because before they did that you you just basically if someone in your family was in the military and they died uh, it didn't matter what they believed what you believe slap a cross on it and you're done 
Right, right. Yeah, I think how far paganism in general uh, has come in this country, it's, there's a lot of people who have worked, you know, very hard to get us the freedoms and the liberties that we do have uh, as pagans and witches. And I think it's great. And I think people uh, need to know about that and not just take it for granted, you know, anymore and really uh, honor the people who have walked before them and, and really paved, paved the way. Um, I know I've mentioned that several times on my show before, but uh, I think it always bears repeating. And I, I highly encourage people to do your research, you know, learn how did we, how do we get to where we are today in this country where we don't necessarily have to be uh, afraid to be a witch anymore? I know there's always going to be judgment. And there's always going to be people that don't feel safe or comfortable sharing. And I completely understand that. But the fact that we can have this podcast and I can have this store and uh, do the things that we do, we're blessed to be able to do that. So um Giving credit where credit is due, absolutely. Um, so uh, you talk about blending the music and the magic. Do you feel like when you incorporate the music with the magic, do you start with, say, lyrics, or do you start with a tune in your mind? I start always with lyrics. That's okay. what I wake up to. And uh, I write right. the lyrics, and the music will the music will always come. And it's not a it's not a problem. I don't have I don't have any problem working the music yet. And my music is very simple. So, you know, it, I'm not I'm not writing symphonies. I'm just just I'm emphasizing the words is basically what I'm doing. The 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 guitar work and stuff you know that's that's great. I'm I'm a mediocre guitar player, and even if I were a great guitar player, it wouldn't matter. The the words are what is important. And um, right. I think you you said that you have uh, the Wolf at the Door album. I don't have a copy of it here, but I believe it has a song on it called. Um, oh no, that may be on the second album. But I have a song called Magic All Around Us. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Yes, I did listen to that one. Yes, that uh, that song we do that. That's generally our closing song, a closing song. Krista sings it, and uh, okay, it describes what I feel as far as magic goes. I was on the mountain back yep. years ago, and I had built a fire, and it had been there so long that it was just kind of mossy and sunk into the ground, and I said, "Oh wow." With the wind blowing and the moon overhead, and those words came to me during the course of the night, and I wrote part of it down on a feed bag because I was on a horse, and that was all I had. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, I came home, and and the, as soon as I got home, I worked that all out, and I've been doing that song for years now, and that's one of my favorite songs. But that's the the basis of my belief in magic from back then to now, is that magic that energy that we call magic is all around us. It's in us. It's around us. It's under our feet. It's over our head. It's everywhere. There's energy everywhere. And the way that we do magic, practice magic, however you want to put it, is how we can interface and manipulate that energy. Not just the energy that's in us, 
but that energy that is all around us, and that's what the song right. is about. That's that's what I believe life is about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's so perfectly said. And uh, I know when I have incorporated music into my spell work, that it uh, it's it it does. It feels but it feels powerful. It feels different. It feels uh, alive. Like it's it's exactly. becoming its own creation. Uh, exactly. And then especially when I just let the music flow and I give into it. Um, and then I can feel the rhythm. I can feel the movement, like it's its own heartbeat. And um, then I, I I naturally just move and end up dancing along with it. And when I think when people leave space for that opportunity to happen and then succumb to it, really powerful results can be had. So I, I completely agree with you on that. I think it's a uh, it's a very powerful thing. So I highly, highly recommend uh, anybody listening, if you've never tried to add the, the music to your magic, uh, give it a try. I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. So uh, thank you for sharing that, definitely. And uh, I really recommend people listen to your music. How would you describe your music? I call it dark Americana. Okay. All right. Can you break it down it's a little more? It's 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 a it's a kind of folk music, a combination of folk and and some country. Is is in the background. There's no country, you know, the alternating bass. Do you do do There's none right. of that. But right. it's my history, and and I use it. Um, but the 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 whole thing with the music is expressing yourself and expressing what you want to tell other people. Now, some people who are really excellent musicians can do that just with an instrument. I cannot. I write things. And I try to communicate my ideas or stories. And a lot of my songs are stories, but they're on the dark side. Now, I, I say they're love songs. A little twisted, a little dark, but they're all love songs. Right, yeah. Um, you're, yeah, I definitely hear like the folk music and really there's a lot of magic that comes out of those mountains. I mean, yes, there's, I think several different groups that are, you know, just thriving, uh, in the mountains. And it, I think it has a really big Im- influence and impact. How do you feel that living there and living on the farm and being surrounded in nature in that way had an impact? not only on your music, but also on your spiritual path and, and your journey with magic. I had a tremendous, tremendous amount from the time I was just a, a young boy. As soon as my chores were done, I hit the woods. I was gone. And um, I never had, I, I didn't have any guidance from my parents on that. It's like, you got your work done, do whatever you want to do. And so I spent all my time back along the creeks and the rivers. And, um, you know, the, the mountains are right there. And working on the farm taught me the value of how to work and that you can't be comfortable all the time, but that work, no matter what kind of work it is, work pays off. And um, I, I can't, can't fault my parents or my grandparents 
on anything that they did raising me. Anything that was done wrong, it was all on me. But they did a good job. Uh, and the being in nature and spending so much time in nature, I probably camped out myself the first time when I was, I don't know, sixth or seventh grade, back on the back of the farm. And um, I was, I was just, I was just very happy to be there and to, um, to to be able to to be out in that natural place to spend the time doing it. And I realize, looking back now, how fortunate I was because there's so many million people that didn't have the opportunity to be out in nature. They were somewhere in a suburb or in a city or somewhere in a slum. I count my right. blessings every morning. That's the first thing when I, I do when I wake up or I get up out of bed. And it's the same things every morning. I'm blessed. I've got a roof over my head. I've got clean water to drink. I've got food. And I have a rudimentary education. And those are things that the majority of the world, the people in it, do not have. And I'm blessed yeah. because of that. And there's so many people that, that are blessed that way and more that never give it a thought. They never, ever give it a thought of what they have going for them. And right. I feel like that living like that gives me a certain amount of empathy toward people who don't have these things and mm -hmm. who, who don't, who will never have them. And it's, it saddens I, me and it pisses me off because it doesn't have to be that way. It right. does not have to be that way. Our, our nation, not just our nation, but worldwide, spends so much money on military and on things that don't matter and on, you know, subsidizing big oil and big coal and uh, big farm, all this stuff that some of that money, a lot of that money could be going to make sure people aren't starving to death or that they have got decent schools, they've got a roof over their head. There's so many things that could be done that are not being done and they're not going to be done. We don't have, excuse me, taking the camera. We don't have the wherewithal to vote these people out. That's why we've got these 80-something-year-old white men running everything. And I can tell you from the way my mind works, we don't need those people to be in charge. So I, I think I, <laughs> I think from some of the interviews that I've done and some of the interviews that I've watched um, that I think the biggest thing that we can do right now um, is get out and, and volunteer. And I know there are um, different pagan groups and, and uh, I don't know if you can call it a witch church, but that's what I'm going to call it, uh, an organization that they do. They, they do the soup kitchens. They, um, they do feed the poor. They give people a place where they can go to and, and get the support and the help that they need. And I think if more pagans were to, and witches were to come together um, with that common goal of how can we build and give back to the community that we're in, just starting there. Um, it's a start. It's a start. And it lets people know that at the end of the day, you know, like you said, we're all energy. We're all here together. We all interact. We all in some form or fashion do affect the, uh, one another, um, even if it's just energetically. So we need to, uh, 
you know, and start getting rid of some of the fear that people have around pagans and witches that were, you know, uh, whatever they come up with, right? Um, and show them that that's, that's not true. You know, we are, we're just living, trying to do our best. And uh, a lot of us are just trying to help as many people as we can along the way. So uh, I think if we could get back to that, you know, and, and remember that we shouldn't just leave that stuff for other churches to do and then wonder why it's not getting done. <laughs> you know? We need to be a part of it too. So I, I love the, uh, the impact that you're having and I love the stories that your music tells. Um, and, and I do hear, I definitely hear the folk in there. And I also hear a little bit of country. Um, and I hear it more so in your voice. I know I was listening uh, to some of your music yesterday and it one particular song I can't remember which one but I was listening to it and it reminded me of uh, John Anderson um, in your in your voice uh, that's that's the country singer that it reminded me of he like instantly came to mind I was like sounds just like John Anderson um, yeah yeah I, it did it, it took me right there and I was like okay yeah I can I can jive with this I like it so, um, and that was on some of the, uh, the acoustic versions that you had. I enjoyed those. Mm -hmm. So, um, can you share with us what magical experience you've had or one or, or however many you want to share, if any, uh, what was the most or one of the most magical experiences that you've had where without a doubt you knew magic worked? and the god and goddess were real uh and that you had that power within you uh and that you could connect with that power that's also outside of you um can you share with us one of magical experiences that nobody could ever change your mind <laughs> actually most of those experiences i can't share but i have over the, over the years, just spent so much time being in awe of what we can do, and not just myself, but I know a lot of witches. A uh, few right around where you live in, in Asheville, and uh, people who have power. And it's I I I don't go with the the thing that I've heard over the years is well everybody has the ability to know everybody does not i believe that we all have the ability to manipulate energy to some extent but i know for a fact that there are a couple of women over there that you do not want to ever anchor and i know men like that too but i've i've written a couple of songs about about that kind of thing but um i my experiences with magic that i have used uh have not been something that i really want to talk about my my daily magic the daily things that i do that's that's just that's just the way i get through the day and um the the blessings of a morning that gets me started off i'm gonna have a good day because i know that i've already started off ahead of most of the people in the world as far as where I am. So I shouldn't feel bad if, if I've got a headache, there's somebody somewhere that's, that's got 
something terrible like that. If my hand hurts, I don't need to go on Facebook and tell everybody, oh, look, my finger's got a boo-boo on it. I, right. I don't need to do that because I am blessed, and I realize it. I also realize that most of the people that I come in contact with are blessed, whether they put any stock in it or not. And um, magic is, is a very personal thing with me, what I do and what I've done. Some of it's good. Some of it's been pretty bad. I've done some vain work. But, um, but it does work. It's real. You can talk to, um, talk to a few astrophysicists and such, and they'll, they'll, they'll tell you about quantum theory and string theory and stuff, and it all begins to make sense as much as I can understand it. Again, I'm not a very educated man, so there are a lot of things I don't understand. But I know what I've got going for me. I've got a good life. I'm very happy these days. And I don't, there's nothing in my life right now that I would change. Right. And I feel like that's magic in itself. It absolutely is. It, it really is. And that's, and that's a blessing because uh, I would say I feel that way as well. Like I, I, I'm grateful for the life that I have and, and where I'm at, um, who I'm with and uh, what I have. And, and I know I'm very blessed. So I agree with you. And, and that is a, a magic all in itself. And when you realize that you created and had a part in becoming where you are, it didn't happen by chance. It didn't happen necessarily by circumstance. You know, we, uh, I think, the majority of witches really do work uh, and do a lot of work. And that's what gets us where we want to be. And, uh, and then it's, and other people can do it too. You just have to, you just have to, to want it and be open, you know, to experiencing. So, and I, I respect, uh, I completely understand not being able to share experiences. Um, some of those are very sacred and therefore very personal. Uh, and kept quiet. So I do understand that. Um, are there any final thoughts or anything you'd like to, to share that maybe I haven't touched on today? I have one final thought. And, okay. And I'm guilty of, of um, not being able to do this all the time. A couple of decades ago, a friend of mine told me what he had learned, and he said, this is... I, it sounds like it's the Mandalorian, but it's not. He said, this is the way. And he said, we have to do our work. We have to learn our lessons. And we have to love each other. And the first two are not, they're not a problem for me. The third one, it's been a problem for some time. I have emotional issues. And I'm not a nice man. I've been mean. I've been nasty to people. And I feel bad about it. I do. I can't go back and change what I've done. And I'm an old man now. But what I can do is not be that man anymore. And I'm right now, that's that's what I'm working on is to try to be a, a kinder, more pleasant version of myself. And people who know me will tell you, yeah, he's an ass. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> because I am, uh, and and I have been for a long time because I really didn't care what people thought about me. 
but I finally realized that it doesn't matter what people think about me. It's how I'm treating other people. And so that's where I am right now is to try to better myself, to be kinder to people, to be nicer, to be civil. And it's a lot of work with me. I gotta tell you. Well, you know, I congratulate you on, you know, acknowledging that. I think a lot of people have a hard time acknowledging where they can or need to grow um, and expand and learn and change. Um, I do believe people can change if they want to, uh, if they're willing to do the work to make it happen. So um, I've done a lot of that myself, uh, especially over the past several years here recently. Um, But I think when you're willing to do that kind of work, you're rewarded for it in some way. And I think it it pays off in the end. Um, So kudos to you, and I hope you keep going. Uh, And I send you my support. Uh, I've had a pleasant time with you here today. I've enjoyed talking with you. Uh, And I know this is, I'm just gonna throw this out here and it may be random, but uh, would you maybe be able to play a song for us today before we we leave is that a possibility well since i was practicing before we started i just happen to have my guitar here oh okay if that's if that's the case i will sing you my song from the red album oh perfect okay sure this this is my guitar ashley ashlyn is from Celtic, um, meaning dream or vision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Very fitting. Most, most, of my, most of her time when she's not in her case or on the road, she lays right there on the bed because I never know when I'm going to need her. Right. Anyway, this is from the Red Album. This is called Nothing Holy But the Blood, and it goes like this. child the world made her a little wild her family smiled but they all pulled away With no place left to go cast out and on her own she was fighting hard just to keep the wolves at bay when troubles come, seems like a flood. There ain't nothing holy but the blood. There ain't nothing holy but the blood. There ain't nothing holy but the blood. Now she's getting no rest. She just failed a pregnancy test. How's she gonna care for a little child? She can barely feed herself. There's no food left on the shelves. 
her frustration making her rage and scream and cry. When troubles come, seems like a flood. There ain't nothing holy but the blood. There ain't nothing holy but the blood. There ain't nothing holy but the blood. Sitting crying, exhausted, broken little girl. The law says she's got to bring another unwanted child into this world. So she takes another drink. The pills are working. She starts to think about the cruelties. Her life fades away. When troubles come, seems like a flood. There ain't nothing holy but the blood. There ain't nothing holy but the blood. There ain't nothing holy but the blood. That was great. Thank you. Very powerful song. Yeah. I'm, as very, I said, I'm powerful. proud to be involved in that project the red album yeah and i really think that breaks it down for people that maybe don't understand um that that's a that's a perfect song to get to people and help them to understand where some people are um so thank you thank you for sharing that um i'm excited to uh get to see this album you know and, and hopefully hear it uh, what you said it's going to be on sale uh, at the um, end of the month. Will it be on sale online or only at the festival? You'll be able to buy it through Bandcamp. You'll be able to buy it through anyone who's on the album. If if someone okay. wants to order one through me, they can. But the simplest thing to do is to just go to the Red Album site and, and order. And there is a – just look up Red Album. You'll find it. Okay. All right. I'll look it up and I'll add links. Okay. Well, Lewis, thank you so much for joining me today and talking with me and for sharing your song. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I hope that uh, you'll be back. And just in case anybody doesn't know, uh, Lewis is also a nominee for the uh, IPMA uh, Male Artist uh, Award this year. So uh, if you're interested and into it, go vote for him. So that's uh, the International Pagan Music Association, their awards, your nominee this year. So congratulations on that. And I will add links to that below as well. Okay. So is anything well, else, anything you else you want to say? I just yeah. I appreciate you having me on today. That's it. All right, great. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, everybody, I hope that you will 
check out uh, Lewis Guru. I'll put the links to Bandcamp on there where you can find him. And don't forget that you can like, follow, share uh, this episode and more of The Witch Source. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, and you can reach out there and, and join uh, or go check out the shop. It's it's coming along. So uh, the physical store is up and running. I've almost got it complete. So if you want to come in and stop in and say hi and look around, I'd appreciate it. And uh, Louis, maybe I can get a, a couple CDs from you and I'll put them for sale here in the shop. That would be really cool. We probably could work so, that out. Yeah, awesome. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for being here. Until next time. Thank you for having me again. You have a wonderful you, day. You too. Bye, everybody.